0: Welcome back to Distinct Nostalgia by MIM, more than a podcast.
1: Brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. Staying well, staying home.
0: So we're kicking off our Coronation Street 60th birthday week celebrations with a character some fans just love to hate. She was Deirdre's nemesis for many, many years because of her secret romantic encounters with Ken, Yes, Ashley's been chatting to the wonderful Roberta Carr about playing Wendy
2: Flaming Crozier. Well, as an avid Coronation Street fan, I just want to call you Wendy. This is the problem. I, I need to call you Wendy Crozier, obviously. <laughs> That's complete nonsense, but I, you know, I automatically think of, of Wendy Crozier. But, um, of course... You were also in Emmerdale as well as Coronation Street. I was. And you yeah. were in Emmerdale for quite a long time, about four years, was it, in Emmerdale? Yes,
1: that's right, four years. And were yeah. you in
2: Emmerdale before Corrie or after Corrie?
1: No, I did I did, um, Coronation Street, 1989, and then I did bro, Emmerdale about five years later for four years.
2: Right, did, okay. It,
1: it worked like that. But, I mean, you call, saying you wanted to call me Wendy Crozier, I can't tell you how many people call me Wendy.
2: I bet seriously they do. I bet they do yeah <laughs>
1: even now I mean even now so yeah do not worry. that's
2: amazing isn't it when you think about it because she was only a, a you know a short term character irregular character but of course the impact she had was so big because she was in you know t- you know sort of she, she was part of those big storylines that's the point around Ken and Deirdre and whatever and that's probably what why people remember it so well
1: well yes I think also um it it's interesting you said irregular because I it felt regular, but but it was kind of mostly Sundays and Mondays but because that was all mostly done on location. But so that's when we went to what we called the Wendy House, really due to thanks to the publicity department, really.
2: Yeah.
1: That that they they kind of pushed the storyline enormously, I think so. So it, it was all. It always seemed to be in the press, which I never read because I don't do that, and I don't read reviews or anything for theatre pieces. But, but it, it, there was always something in the press. I, there was even a um, a, ca- a cartoon, a caricature thing, sketch thing in in the Daily Mail, which we've got. We've got a copy of it, and so that was completely outside my experience. And so I think, although I, it felt, you know, Sundays and Mondays mostly. Um, because of the press publicity office, which was so amazing, I think that's why it kept the whole thing going. And Victoria Wood, was a friend of mine, she uh, she kind of um, kept highlighting it in various situations as well, which, which I didn't know she was doing that at the time, but there was only afterwards everybody said, oh, Vic said, and I thought, oh, my God.
2: <laughs> well, I've just done um, a quiz uh, for our... we we basically... The Distinct Nostalgia Mind of the Month quiz that we do, uh, we we've just pitted several of the fan groups against each other to find the uh Cory superfan. And in one of them, uh, which was they'd chosen Ken Barlow as their chosen subject, um your character came up and it was the, the answer was when Wendy Crozier and the the the, <laughs> the uh that they said uh, rather than saying Wendy Crozier, they said that bloody Wendy Crozier or something. <laughs> so you you, uh, you you certainly left your mark. Wendy Crozier left a mark on Coronation Street. I know. I
1: think that was a line of Deirdre's. Bloody Wendy
2: Crozier. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So let's go back to the beginning. And I know you might not remember all of this, but can you remember first getting the part and being told what it was and who you were going to likely to play and what it, what was going to happen? Can you remember all that?
1: I do, and um. I remember they saw about five of us because I saw the list. Um, and one of the things they said was, because I just had a baby. Um, and they said categorically, Oh, it wouldn't be much. It wouldn't be much. It would just be Sundays and Mondays because that was location. Um, so I kind of thought, oh, okay, that's sort of doable. Um, so so that's uh, that was the actual, when I went for my casting, and then I got it, and then, of course, I had to think, oh, my God, how am I, I going to make this work? Um, and actually, bizarrely, it was my father who said, well, why don't you take him with my son? Why don't you take him with you? Which I did. I mean, I don't think you could do that now. because was safeguarding everything. So, you know, we're talking a long time ago, 30 years ago. Um, so... Um, and my very first, and, and it was supposed to be 13 Eps to begin with. And then it was, like uh, they always say, we'll see what the chemistry is like. Um, and I have to say, I, I didn't really watch Coronation Street. So, I, I mean, I'd seen it years and years ago when uh, my grannies, um, when it was, you know, we're talking in the Sharples. So I suddenly I thought, oh God, I better watch it, see what's, what it's all, who everybody is. I thought that'd be embarrassing. You knew Um, Ken
2: was, though, I presume. You knew Ken. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. And if, but the thing was, it was tricky for my very first scene when I went, my very first day was, I I think I'm right in saying this. Um, I don't, I don't expect Bill will will correct me. Um, (laughs) that it was a location shot outside. Um, and, I remember I met Bill on the coach going there, and then I met him outside this sort of butty wagon. Um, and we just coincided at the butty wagon counter at the same time. And it was dark, it was nighttime. And he just said something to me. And thankfully, I recognized it as a line from our scene. So I was able to reply in the, and that was really kind of, although I'd been introduced in terms of this is. You know, this is um, Bill Roach on the coach by the director. Then, then that was it, and then it was just this, this line at the butter wagon. And I th- I remember thinking, "Oh my God, this! Thank God, I remember the line." And my heart was pounding. <laughs> and and then I thought, my was totally on my metal then. I was absolutely on it because I thought, "Is this what it's going to be like?
2: Yeah.
1: I'm going to have people firing lines at me just when I'm not expecting." Um, but anyway, it was kind of good. It was. It felt like a little bit of baptism by fire yeah. because it was a night time, you know, and this situation at the butter wagon. And then, but from then on, it was just. I, I loved it. It was great,
2: and a lot of your encounters, of course, were off Coronation Street, weren't they? You were. You were often. He was often going to. You know. I mean, obviously, there was the early story about the. Know the the, the Weatherfield uh, recorder, or report reporter, yeah. was it recorder and then recorder, yeah, recorder and and the council and all that kind of thing. Yeah, but a lot, but uh, you know, when the the surreptitious affairs and start started, you it was often away from the street, wasn't it?
1: <sighs> yes, wine bars and things like that. Yeah, there was a wine bar in Salford, I remember. Um, but then you see, it's weird, isn't it? How you remember things. That was a situation where. I had to drive a car for the first time, and you know, you you got I don't know whoever it was, second, third AD or something, waving a flag at me where I had to actually park it on a line, which of course nobody could see. And I remember, and that then that just became, that took over everything. So that was all about making sure I could park the car on this line, never mind actual any lines. So it's weird things that that you remember, and weird things that actually take over the day, really. But that was a wine bar, that was a pub um yeah in Salford and I subsequently did some teaching at Salford University and I, I used to walk past it every day thinking oh my god I had to park on that line <laughs> <laughs> is that when you say
2: it was the first time you'd done any drive was that driving what in a in a in a program when you had to be re- yeah, yeah, in a show. Yeah, yeah 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 and obviously that yeah there's there's more pressure isn't there you've got oh added god, pressure, yes.
1: Yeah, you've got about 50 people watching you just park on a line. Oh, God.
2: <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. So, yeah, so you were told about the character, that what, what the character was, what, what I mean, well... well oh, very minimally. Yeah. I wasn't
1: really, t- very minimally. You didn't
2: know you were going to have an affair at that point, did you? Um,
1: no, I don't think I did. I'm not absolutely sure, but I don't think I did. And I And if I had been told, I'm not sure I would have realised the impact of that. And I certainly didn't realise the impact of, being on the show anyway
2: no 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 so you started in it the wendy the wendy Crozier character if i remember rightly i've got to come go into my recesses of the brain as well because i've watched it for years but things you forget things you started off you were you were something to do with the the the, the planning side of things on the council weren't you is that right to the beginning
1: um well, she sat I think I was a minuting secretary or something like that. So I certainly sat in council meetings. And if you remember Deirdre was a counsellor. Um and so there were things that were confidential. Um but Wendy Crozier was leaking them to Ken. And I can't quite remember why that came about. But anyway, I know Deirdre got accused of doing the leaking, but actually it was Wendy Crozier who was Giving the information, I guess. I guess because he was on the because Ken was on the Wendy, what's her name, Weatherfield recorder. Must have he must have asked her for Wendy for information. But anyway, I remember that's yes, I remember that's what happened.
2: And of course, he was a bit of a he saw himself, didn't he, as a bit of a campaigning uh, journalist, and he wanted to unveil all the corruption that was going off at the council. And uh, obviously, that yeah. caused a clash between him and Deirdre because. He was determined to do that and it, hooker by crook you know uh, get the get to the truth because ken was always wanting to get to the truth and uh, <laughs> and didn't didn't wendy eventually end up um she got sacked from the council yeah and then she ended up working with him at the newspaper didn't she yes
1: i think he felt bad i think he felt bad about the fact that she'd got the sack so that's where he, she then worked for the recorder um and then of course that was sort of Well, there wasn't a need for clandestine meetings because that's obviously where they met. But I think there was a little bit of friction there as well because I think she did quite well um, on the recorder and got bits of information that he wasn't particularly happy about. But but I mean, you'll have to remind me. I think then I think then I think he did he sell he sold the recorder or something.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, I think he did at one point. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, because there was a there was a rival, wasn't it, at that point? There was a rival newspaper, the Gazette, right. wasn't it the Gazette? Yeah, the or we- yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Weatherfield yeah. Gazette, which which is the one that often gets talked about now, the Weatherfield Gazette, because yeah. he was a separate newspaper. What's funny about it is it, it mirrors me in a way because oh. when I first started out in as a as a young reporter, I worked on the rival newspaper in Doncaster uh, uh, <laughs> to the bigger newspaper. So okay. a bit like Ken, in the sense that we were always trying to be ahead of the bigger paper and get news stories. And really there was only me and probably one other journalist there and that was it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is more yeah. or less his setup, wasn't it? He, he yeah. didn't have many, That's right, many people yeah. there. So, so yeah, it's, it's I, 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 the Coronation Street did get all that kind of thing, right. In terms of their, you know the, the the sort of the the politics of it. Actually, it was very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah. So when did the when did the romance begin? Can you remember how when that started or how quickly that started?
1: I think that happened quite quickly, actually. And 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 I think what happened there was a there was a situation where um, didn't the Gazette buy up the Recorder? I think the Gazette bought up the Recorder, and then I think Ken was out of the job. But then I think they took Wendy Crozier on, so I think that was another source of friction in some way. Um, But but there was some I can't there was some situation where you you know meetings of an evening, one of those sort of situations where one thing leads to another. I think it was one of those really. Yeah, but to be honest, I can't quite remember. But I do remember it happening quite quickly, and I was thinking, well, it will have to because there's only 13 episodes. <laughs> yes, all, exactly. It'll have to happen quite quickly. But then, but then, you know, then the 13 episodes became more. Mm.
2: And of course, by this point, Ken Barlow had had umpteen um, girlfriends and uh, wives and God knows what. By that point, and I, I mean, you, I don't know how many he's had since. But uh, you were, you were a new another notch on. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely one of one in the great stream. Exactly, exactly. And how did you how did you feel about that though? Obviously you'd not watched Corrie before. Ken was a big name in terms of a character and obviously Bill Roach as well. And you'd already had by this point we'd already had that whole Ken Deirdre um triangle thing and with Mike. Mm, and that mm. had become a huge massive story. I mean the you know they, they even, one of the football matches sort of said half in half time That's that, right, yeah. what, what was happening with it. So, you know, you must have known at that point that this was likely to cause a bit of a stir in terms of the, the viewing public. We'll be back after a quick break.
3: But you still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game.
1: Yeah, nah, man. So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? you mean, yeah,
3: yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm y'all trying, am yeah, yeah. Trying, yeah. trying, oh, yeah. trying, trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah, a little, a little, no, look, 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 look,
1: We all artists, man. We go, you feel me? We gonna have this like, bro, bro, Me and my man, like me and my man, Kyle. <laughs> we be like, I don't know. We play, we play with this <laughs> shit, don't play right with shit. I got to lie, We play with this shit right now for a lie. Don't play with it. Take that shit. Well, I guess I didn't because because um, I don't I I didn't get magazines I didn't get those sort of newspapers where that would be particularly reported so I wasn't really um, aware of it, and it was only when um, you know when people in the street started commenting or saying things or you know the window cleaner looked at the check and thought oh yeah I thought it was you. Um, those sort of peripheral things that i began to realize and um and i'm quite uh, it's not something i would court it's not something i go looking for it's not the sort of thing i do as me in terms of publicity i'm not that sort of an actor i'm more of an actor who who loses herself in a role if if you know what i mean so i'm i'm not the person who wanted ever wanted to be famous yeah, so um, th- that was quite tricky. I have to, I have to say that I didn't find that easy at all. And the fact that I just had a baby made things really quite complicated. So, for instance, say with clothes, with costume, um, they would sometimes ask me to get a range of things in my where I live, um, and then take them in. Um, you know, obviously get the receipts, then take them in. They would choose whatever because it was easier than me having to go and cross into Manchester. Uh, with a baby, it just was just sort of kind of more complicated by doing that. Um, so, by then, then what happened that then there were near where I lived, there were some shops who knew that's what I was doing. And so they loved it because then they could be the people who were sort of dressing Wendy Crozier. Obviously, <laughs> they weren't making the choice, but they'd go and get things around the shop and say, What do you think about this? What do you think about this? Um, and I go, Well, I'll take it, see what they say. Uh, so th- that work that was that was quite good actually. That was quite yeah. Because it, it meant something. you didn't have
2: to wander around Manchester and everyone exactly, looking at you yeah. and all the rest of it. Absolutely. No, I, I understand that. You know, lots of actors. It's about the job, isn't it? It's about the work, not about the the publicity and the you know the, the other things that come with it. I mean, some people love that, but a lot of people don't, and no. I, I I understand yeah. that. So so talking about the craft and the art and whatever, how did you see the character, and now did you feel as though you wanted to play her, and did she? Did she evolve over time, do you think?
1: Well, of course, one of the things with soaps, as opposed to a play, is that you never know what the ending is going to be. And it, as you say, it does, does evolve. And if, if when, when people are in something for a long time, very often you have a situation where the the writers start writing for you um and i have to say i think the writers on coronation street certainly then i'm not i can't really comment on now but absolutely fantastic and i thought that their the humor and the way i thought the writing was absolutely great um i think they got the measure of wendy Crozier and how they thought it so really the writers molded wendy Crozier, to what extent they took from me i know i was asked to um to have a uh, kind of change my accent because they want me to be a little bit more like Northern sounding. Um, so, which I did. Then that, that can sometimes help the timing and that can, you know, especially if there's a gag that's um, based on vowel sounds or something. Although I don't remember
2: you being particularly that Northern, you were Northern, but, but she was sort of posh, wasn't she? She was quite a posh.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of more copied Bill, really. I would say Pass and Bath or Castle. But that was, you know, it was just sort of standard vowel sounds, which, which whereas obviously when I did Emmerdale, it was slightly different. Um, so I think the character did evolve in terms of being more confident. And then, of course, what happened was there was a kind of a balanced seesaw situation where where Ken was out of work and had got thrown out of his house. So then that whole balance of power within the relationship changed because uh, she was going out to work and he was sort of, you know, jossing around at home, didn't know what to do with himself and getting depressed, which then made her really irritated. And I I remember, uh, you know, doing scenes in the Wendy house um, where, um, you know, she'd come back from work and sort of, you know, walk past the sitting room window the door, look in, see he was just doing absolutely nothing in her terms, you know, and then it was sort of throwing the car keys down and putting the cat, you know, really annoying, walking back again, give him another look. There was lots of that in my memory, this is. Um, so I think that was the balance of, you know, the balance changed. So where she, he'd given her a job and she'd been, and obviously that, that, and it was weird this because, because obviously Ken, uh, yeah, Ken was um, quite a bit older than Wendy. Um, but when this balance of power and the relationship shifted, I, I remember thinking that's different. I remember that feeling of that's different because it actually felt, she she felt much more mature. But of course, by the same token, up by that time, I was also uh, getting more into the role, getting more confidence in doing it and getting more used to to it. So... Uh, that would have been another level of confidence on a different, uh, for a different sphere, really. But yeah, so I thought that was how the character evolved, and also in terms of, of um her relationship with Deirdre, um in terms of beginning to give as as good as she got when when that situation arose, which wasn't actually very often.
2: No, it wasn't. It was
1: then, the, no, then there was a situation with Tracy because Tracy came to stay with us, I think which was a sort
2: of bit of a thorn in the side of Deirdre. The, 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 the older, the Tracy, not the Tracy now, the other Tracy. Yeah, yeah. So what about what about Bill then, in terms of working with Bill? Obviously, he's been in Corrie Street since 1960. He knows it, you know, off, off by heart and all the rest of it. And he's, his character's had so many, you know, ladies over the years, including Joanna Lumley, way, way back, I think for two weeks in the 1960s at one point. Um, so, um yeah, he's been around the houses a bit, really. What uh, what was he like uh, as an actor, just to work with? And did he, you know, did he? I mean, obviously, that very first. I mean, was he testing you when he did that thing at the? Uh... Oh,
1: with it, oh, for sure.
2: Yeah. So how did that sure. how did that emerge? How did you how did you manage to get the chemistry, as it were, between the two of you?
1: Oh, I don't know. I mean, I was just me, really, um, and I think um, because that was that was the old days when we used to have um, a, a tech run in um so it's all rehearsed record now and it's really swift and in fact during the time I was on it it went to three times a week um but it wasn't then it was just twice and um you had these tech runs um where you know all the technicians are there seeing how it goes on so you 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 got to rehearse it and I think that's that's quite interesting that's quite daunting especially when you're new that was a very daunting situation it's very exposing um so i maybe i guess that he could see i could do it because it wasn't as if i'd never done telly before i'd already done quite a lot of television prior to getting that so i wasn't a total newbie um i found him really encouraging and um you know he was just always absolute, he was always just always bob on really so uh, i don't know i mean he gave me some really good advice in terms of publicity actually um just just as, as bill um, one of which was to say, um, when you're doing interviews, don't ever take money for it because then you you don't ever have control over the content. So I thought that was that was quite nice, a bit of a sort of bit of avuncular um, advice. That's really kind of him. But it was crazy. It was also it was different then because everybody had. There was a green room with where everybody had their own little sort of cubicle. All the regulars had their own cubicle. So obviously I didn't have one because um, I wasn't regular um all the established regulars had these little cubicles little stalls they were very little privacy actually um and he was very much um if if people wanted advice about anything they would usually go to bill so he was very much head boy yeah,
2: yeah. or uncle uncle bill uncle him, to yeah. some people absolutely yeah. Yeah, and I, I can I can understand that. I've met uh, Bill Roach a few times, and uh, yeah. he's always been really really nice. It's been on our tellies
3: for six decades, and we're big fans here at Distinct Nostalgia and we're so passionate about our love for Corrie that we've put together some real treats for our listeners as we delve into the show's history this December.
1: We're supposed to be both at university and uh, he was trying to sort of break out of this little backstreet world to better himself really. It wasn't usual for people from some street like Coronation Street to go to university. He, he changed the mould and of course people were in those times they, they were beginning to go to university
3: we're right back to the very first episode with Ken Barlow's very first girlfriend and Alan Rothwell who played Ken's brother David Barlow Coronation Street went out live to start with oh right yeah yeah well that was terrifying Yes, yeah. you had to do a half an hour of television. Yes,
2: yeah, so and get it right. And get it right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Staying in the 60s, and Kenneth Cope tells us how wooing Violet Carson, Ina Sharples, landed him a role in the show as Minnie Caldwell's lodger, Sonny Jim.
2: She got me under the vine and started shouting at me, pointing a finger, pointing a finger, and saying, Get out, go away from here. People like you, 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 you don't deserve to be here. Get out and never come back, never come out. Go away, go away, go away. And our heads got closer and closer and closer. So the vein there's just a slight pause, and I said, Give us a kiss. And it just brought the house down, everybody. The whole crew just laughed their heads up.
3: From our own archives, we bring you never before broadcast anecdotes from Jean Alexander and Betty Driver.
1: It was Hila Sharples, Margot Brandt uh, that played Minnie Caldwell, me. Julie Goodyear, Jean Alexander, that played Hilda Ogden, and that we all used to be together and do scenes just of conversation, which I miss now. We should do more of that.
3: Meanwhile, Amanda Barry and Chris Bisson remember their time on Coronation Street.
0: I went in initially into the shop, Jim's Cafe, as it was then. I was invited there to sack Pat Phoenix. Oh. <sighs> You know, I was, <laughs> I was actually leading lady in the West End, doing me but but actually going there to do. Now you talk about nerves.
2: She was the leading lady of course, right? oh, wasn't but she? But
0: it wasn't that. It was that it was unreal. It was surreal. Everybody says it. And it's true. You're completely surreal to go into there and go. You couldn't concentrate. You were going concentrate a man that is not else. It, it, is Elsie Tanner? I'm talking to Elsie Tana. I don't know what I'm going to say next. I'm just step. This is what you do. It was like being, in the wake being very. In the middle of a dream, and you go, concentrate, Amanda, You asked. To, <laughs> supposedly an actress. Get on with it, yeah.
3: We'll also have interviews with Julie Hesmond-Alch and Bruce Jones, and many more. And we've a very special dose of Distinct Nostalgia's Mind of the Month quiz, too, as we put Corrie's superfans to the test on their knowledge of those six decades, with some rather special guests asking some of the questions.
0: Hello, I'm Thelma Barlow. Hello, I'm Stephen Arnold. I'm Philip Lowry. My name's
3: Nick Cochran. Hi, I'm Martin Hancock.
0: Hello, everybody. My name's Madge Hindle.
3: Make sure you join us for all the fun. And don't forget to trawl our archives for loads of other Corrie interviews. Thelma Barlow, Steve Arnold, Nick Cochran, Chris Quinton, Chloe Newsome, Philip Lowry, Sherry Hewson, Madge Hindle, Martin Hancock... Tupeli Dorgu, stars from every decade of the world's longest-running drama serial. Celebrating Corrie at 60, this December, from
2: distinct nostalgia. You sort of, we'll talk about the relationship with Deirdre in a moment, obviously, Anne Kirk Bride's character, but you really would have quickly become a sort of, because of the, the way in which people watch Coronation Street and the way in which they've cared for these characters for so long and very much care about Ken and Deirdre, Um, you'd have become a bit of a hate figure quite quickly, wouldn't you? Did you, did you get any reaction?
1: <laughs> no. You see, there again, that's what I said about the publicity department. I never had any publicity. I had loads of publicity. I had loads of, sorry, fan mail stuff. But I never had anything saying um, what you've just described, you know, hate mail. I, I didn't have any. So I think it was partly a publicity, publicity um publicity department thing, really. And, of course, now that this is all pre-Facebook and social media, of course, don't forget. I mean, I'm sure it would be completely different now. So who knows? I, I might have got some. Uh, but, but also there were, um, because it it shook their relationship up, obviously, and there were people who thought that was a good thing.
2: Yeah, they always had quite a dull relationship, to be fair. If I'm being honest, it, it needed exciting up at times. <laughs> I think I think Deirdre was always looking for some excitement anyway, really, in a way, um, because Ken, within their relationship, was always quite, you know, sort of dour and, you know, reading hmm. the paper and all that. I think she wanted a bit of excitement, really. So what about Anne Kirkbride, then? I was sadly, obviously, no longer with us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, again, by that point in Coronation Street, she'd been there a very long time. She was one of the... One of the stalwarts of the show wasn't she mm. um and as you say, you didn't get chance to do things with her that much, did you? but there were a few occasions when Wendy and Deirdre clashed, weren't there? you remember those mm.
1: yes no yeah yeah they, they that's true, that's true, and of course uh from from Annie's point of view that it was as it would be in any situation when you're in a soap and you've got a um a regular partner as it were, in the soap it's it's a little bit um scary, isn't it? What's it what's gonna happen to this? What, what what's are the what have the producers got in mind here? What have the writers got in mind here? How's this gonna pan out? So I was mindful of that, very much mindful of that. That.
2: Yeah, you forget um, that really, don't you? Because it's yeah. sort of because if suddenly there's a massive shift in a character mm-hmm. and they're left on their own, possibly mm-hmm. Sometimes that can mean that that character leaves the show eventually. That yeah. can happen, can't it? So, yeah, interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah. so I was aware of that. And so um, I, was, I was quite quite careful, I suppose. That's the way of putting it. I'm being careful now. <laughs> That's all right. That's okay. No,
2: I understand. I understand. I understand. Now, she eventually, when the, the, that first time that you were in it, she went away because Deirdre said that Ken and... Wendy couldn't contact with each other anymore. There should be no contact. This is after all the newspaper debacle. Mm. And then you eventually did come back into it um, a few years later, uh, but you got married, hadn't you, to somebody called Papadopoulos yeah. or something? Is that right?
1: Papadopoulos, yeah. But, but but Papadopoulos, that's it. Nobody could say it. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it was ages later, actually, because it feels to me as if I only did that about five years ago, but I think it was 2012. Uh, so that's eight years ago isn't it yeah that that was sort of completely out of the blue that was just i uh, um I was thought oh I don't why what, you know why this is this is interesting um but let me just stop you there according to the according
2: to the uh the wiki the coronation street wiki uh mm-hmm. they reckoned that after being alone for a year this was this might be, there must be the backstory Wendy met a man named Christos. Papadopoulos and got married in 1991 you weren't obviously in this programme at that particular point were you but this is the backstory. apparently they moved away to Norfolk and spent 15 years there but when Christos developed lung cancer and eventually passed away Wendy moved back to the Manchester area when Ken stood for chair of governors at Bessie Street School in September 2012 he was shocked to be reunited with Wendy as she was also a governor at the school so that's the yeah. backstory. So you you, yeah. you you got married to this guy called Christos, moved to Norfolk. He passed mm-hmm. away, and then you come back to Manchester. So that's the uh, that that's the backstory. But of course, you're always nobody's. I don't think I can't think of anybody who's ever called you Wendy Papadopoulos. They always say Wendy Crosby. <laughs> so, but I do remember. no, well, actually, I
1: do remember. Deirdre you, did. Did she? Did she? Okay. Did, did, with with great venom.
2: <laughs> I remember one of the scenes where there was some cake sale thing or something yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, and I remember yeah. um Wendy, your character being there and Ken being there and Deirdre being dragged along and Deirdre's face throughout the whole thing was just a picture. It was fantastic. It was really yeah, funny. Yes. Really,
1: really funny. It was. It was see there again, that's another example. It was really well written. It was, it was that was where she had that wonderful line about a Manchester Tart. Yeah. So um yeah, as one of the cakes. Um I love that opening. That going to the uh, Governor's meeting, because the other thing was that we were all sitting on little chairs, you know it was absurd, it was just brilliant um Ken and D- uh, we, Wendy agreed because it was just awkward that they they would just jog along yeah. um, having these meetings and the, and I think it was decided best not to tell Deirdre so as not to rake up old things, and of course that then it all came um a bit crashing down really
2: well she had her suspicions didn't she she had her yeah, suspicions yeah, yeah. and she went looking to f- see who he was going who he was going to see and i think she i think she swept into a car with rita i think somewhere oh yes
1: that was brilliant they came round yes yes but but by that time wendy and ken had already had been at another wine bar and another you know he'd been round for a meal and those kind of things um the head teacher of the school, where they're both governors, was he. He stirred a lot of it up, and he uh, he made much more of it than actually was. And so you kind of think, oh, well, if, if that's what you're thinking, <laughs> may as well. Um, yeah. So then Deirdre came round with uh, with Rita, and Rita obviously saw the photograph of uh, Wendy's husband who'd passed away, and and touched a bit of a nerve there, which. Which I I remember thinking that would give Wendy pause for thought. Really, you know, it's not to say that Ken is blameless in all of this. I know what happened. He he fell asleep on the sofa. That's happened. That when he came round for a meal, he fell asleep on the sofa. He just had too much to drink, I think, um, and fell asleep on the sofa. And and it, you know, there was nothing. Was nothing there. Nothing happened, Wendy you know, put a blanket on him and then she was, was upstairs in bed. So absolutely nothing happened. But, of course, then he was, you know, he had to go back and explain himself. Um, yeah, then there was this situation with situation with, with Rita. Um, but then she, they got her, she changed uh, Wendy. She then became sort of a bit, did a sort of a big spiteful thing um, and changed the whole thing. So she ended up being quite uh, unpleasant. Uh, and and went round to Deidre's house and then they had another, they had a little bit of a do there.
2: And and Ken then said he didn't want to see her again, didn't he, basically? Yeah, and that was it. yeah. So that was the last but, but time it, you were seen, wasn't it? Last time you were seen in Corrie? That's
1: right. But, but, she, but when he went round to Deidre's house and, and she was trying to say that he'd done something when, in fact, he hadn't.
2: That's right. And it turned out that it was all innocent, basically. Yeah, was, yeah, she, yeah. Was, she was just stirring, basically, wasn't yeah. she? I mean, yeah. she was on her own, wasn't she? And she yeah. she probably wanted to try and rekindle things again and yeah know, i think she was lonely yeah, yeah yeah absolutely so the door is open um you could return at some point couldn't you because ken's on his own now
1: oh right again. Well, yeah.
2: <laughs> so you, you never know you never know you never know Um when you were in it at that particular point there obviously were lots of other um people characters in there but obviously because you're you're off your 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 meetings were often away from the street you probably didn't get a chance to work with some of the others but did you come across people like, um, uh, you know, Deirdre's mother's character, Blanche? And people no, like no, no, I don't think I did. No. Um, That's a shame, isn't it? I can imagine a clash between, yeah. you know, Blanche and Wendy. That would have been quite funny. <laughs>
1: yeah, get writing it, Ashley. <laughs> absolutely, it. absolutely. Um, no, I mean, well, you were you uh, ever in the I'm Rovers?
2: The... You never in the Rovers, were you? Very rarely. Yeah, yeah I went yeah, in the Rovers. Yeah, yeah,
1: yep, went in the Rovers. Um, don't know if I went in the shop, because I might be getting muddled up with the Emmerdale shop. Um,
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I sure. remember
1: Amanda Barry. Now she, Amanda Barry, she, she gave me some really lovely advice as well. Yeah, yeah. In terms of do's, you know, she said, get yourself two, two outfits for do's and have them always ready.
2: Yeah, you wouldn't have had much contact with any of the, many of the other characters, would you, really?
1: No, I mean, I started off, I, I was being in the green room. I, I, I wasn't really in, I can't remember, the only time I would have been in the studio would have been going to Deirdre and Ken's house.
2: Yeah, of course. Of course.
1: Really, because otherwise, you know, the, all the other things were locations, that, as far as I recall, anyway.
2: So this was Corrie Street, the biggest show in, in town, huge um, – you know, you you've done lots of other things. But how does – where does Corrie sit for you in terms of the things you've done? Obviously, you know, your character became such a household name, even though you weren't in it from for long, Mm. but people probably remember you more as, well, Emmerdale fans would probably disagree, of course, but probably a lot of people probably remember you more as Wendy Crozier than they do as your character in Emmerdale, don't they? Really? In
1: many ways. Uh, Yes, I think so because I think Coronation Street's got a bigger uh, base than than Emmerdale, I think probably. But I mean, again, it it was definitely down to the prominence of the storyline and, and the publicity department. So yeah, in terms of how it's been for me, for my career it's been huge actually um and it's not always in a good way you know because say for instance if you're doing um say for something like commercials not that i do commercials but but they, they want to know if you're well known or or if in, in other tellies they've said um and do you, th- w- w- you know would people know you as and then you have to go yes because even if if I would say no, I mean that wouldn't be true. So it would have come back to haunt you, and I guess it has slightly come back to haunt me. But you know, in a good way and in a bad way.
2: So if they asked you to go back and play Wendy, would you?
1: Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. I mean, I don't think you ever say no, do you? Because it, it depends what what would happen and what what the storyline would be. Um, and how she would fit in, certainly, but no, I certainly wouldn't say no. No, no, not at
2: all. What did you like about her character?
1: Well, I liked the f I quite liked the fact that she was um a professional woman, as it were, because I don't normally get to play those kind of characters. I have more latterly, but um at that particular point in time. Um and because she's a um a woman who has been around she's she's had life experience not been around you know yeah. has life experience i think she she's got her horizons are wider than coronation street which i think then can bring something else into a show maybe
2: and what did you what did you dislike about the character
1: oh messing around in somebody else's marriage awful
2: and moving now just segueing into Emmerdale – yeah, you, you're saying that you know there's, you could have got a bit of typecasting to an extent from playing Wendy, but you actually your character in Emmerdale was quite different, wasn't she? Very, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: That was the fantastic thing for me, absolutely fantastic. And I, I, I love being outside, so I love doing um, Emmerdale. Um, and I also liked being part of a family. Yeah. Um.
2: Yeah.
1: In in Emmerdale, which again was very different because Wendy was just like on her own um so i love being part of the family and having those different interactions um because then you get to have different relationships with different aged people and people from different um with different status if you know what i mean so you know you, you don't react in the same way to everybody all the time so I, I enjoyed that very much
2: and this is a bit a bit of creativity here so thinking on your feet but um what would you think what what would happen or how would they what would they make of each other if Jan and Wendy met? How would they react? How would they react with each other?
1: I think Jan would be very intimidated by Wendy, um, and I think Wendy probably wouldn't give Jan a second look.
2: But Jan would be very annoyed with her if she knew she was uh, a, a cheap. Oh, woman.
1: splitting up a family! Oh God, yes, absolutely. Because yes.
2: Jan was very quite moralistic in a way, wasn't she?
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And also, and Jan would have Jan would have stayed with Ned, whatever. But in fact, she didn't. But that was sort of a mental health issue. But yes, she she was very moralistic in that sense. Yeah. And then maybe um, another aspect um, that that Wendy would have envied Jan her family life.
2: Yes. Yeah. No. Interesting. Interesting.
1: that's just something
2: just something to throw out there you know it'd be quite interesting if some of these characters did meet and you know it'd be quite difficult for you though you'd have to play both of them you'd have to split the screen (laughs) the wonderful Roberta Carr there talking about playing Wendy Crozier oh sorry Wendy Flaming Crozier (laughs) and Roberta will be returning to Distinct Nostalgia in future weeks to talk to us about her other big role of course as Jan Glover in Emmerdale, which she touched on a little bit there in that interview. And did you realise she was also in Brookside as well, and EastEnders? We'll hear all about that in future weeks, so stay tuned to Distinct Nostalgia for more from Roberta Carr. And stay tuned to Distinct Nostalgia over the coming days as we continue to celebrate
0: Corrie at 60. And again, don't forget, all these great interviews are still online by scrolling through the Distinct Nostalgia player at distinctnostalgia.com. There's literally hours of Coronation Street nostalgia there. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.
1: Distinct Nostalgia is brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. We've lots of activities for you to do at home at liferooms.org. Staying well, staying home.